0: And welcome to the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast, episode 50. Freaking amazing. Seriously, episode 50. I had no idea that I was going to be recording 50 episodes of this podcast, but it's super inspiring. People are really digging it, and I'm really enjoying it, and I'm getting to talk to people. I'm getting to share my thoughts about the insanity around the world. And I, I don't think people are really aware of the insanity sometimes, so I felt the urge to just talk about it and make try and make sense of it all. And the interesting thing about this podcast today is I actually recorded it this morning, or I started recording, recording it this morning, so I'm going to play that clip for you in a little bit, uh, but I just wanted to have a quick intro to me talking about... Serena Williams in this Harper Bazaar article that came out today. It just, it drove me crazy about eight, nine months ago when Serena Williams reacted the way she did on the court and all the attention was given to her instead of the winner of the United States Open. Her name is Naomi Osaka and I, mean, I still forget her name because everybody talked about Serena Williams in her freak out and her temper tantrum on the court. And, you know, I, sort of forgot all about it. And then I open up Twitter today, and there's an article. She wrote an essay, quote unquote, in Harper's Bazaar, trying to describe how traumatic the whole experience was. She really, to me, still doesn't understand this idea of teamwork, taking responsibility. And I felt the urge to record a podcast this morning about it. So, you know, I'm a big sports person. And I've always loved sports. And I think somehow Serena and this whole situation, it just, it, it feels like it encapsulates everything that I'm seeing in the world around me, where we're having a hard time. People can't take responsibility. People can't really see outside of themselves. I feel as though Instagram and our culture and cell phones, it, Makes people's ability to sort of see the big picture and sort of the world around them impossible. And it feels like all Serena is thinking about, which, you know, rightfully so, because obviously she's rep by Nike. There's millions of dollars invested in her. Um, I understand that she's probably worried about her image and her brand. But in, in what's just, I think what's scary to me, or not scary, just so interesting to me, that here 10 months later, She's still thinking about it and writing about it. And I'm sure, um, you know, her PR camp is involved because the U.S. Open is coming up again. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, all this anger that she had towards the umpire and her situation, she should be really freaking upset at her coach. That's the person where all the anger should have been directed towards, not the umpire, not the throwing the racket down. And again, i realize, you know, I've played sports, I realize there's an emotional element involved. But I just, I think time has passed. You can sort of collect your, recollect your thoughts and all this time has passed and she's still unable to take any, any responsibility for what she did. And instead she's playing the victim card still 10 months later. And I'm thinking to myself, gosh, all this time has passed and it's like she hasn't really reflected and taken stock and what really went on. And and by her being at Harper's Bazaar, I just feel like it's perpetuating the whole process. I'm wondering if anybody is looking at it like I am and saying, you know, Serena, you could have handled it a little bit better. Again, episode 50, can't believe it's 50 episodes long. And if every one of you just share the podcast with somebody, maybe write a review or tell somebody about it, it's going to spread the word even more. Um, Oh, the other really exciting thing, I've decided I'm going to do (laughs) stand-up. I know it's crazy, but it's been something I've been thinking about for the last few weeks, and then I saw my friend Menachem last night at the Laugh Factory, and it just, you know, I've I've got these funny ideas, and I figure, you know, I don't want to, I'm not necessarily going to do it to become a professional stand-up comedian, but I think think it'd be pretty cool, and I, I think it could be exciting, and I'm all for trying new things, so... Yeah, I'll, I'll certainly get back. I want to finish my book first. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm about almost done with the second draft. I'm hoping to be done in the next like couple weeks, but I do want to start working on some material, um, being a stand-up comedian. So anyway, episode 50 downward facing spiritual spiral. This is me this morning talking about Serena Williams and the new Harper's Bazaar article. It's an emergency podcast because what, what an emergency podcast is is when it's when the insanity of our culture is happening around me. I, I have to press record and sort of bring the voice of reason back to our culture because there's I'm just sometimes flabbergasted at what's going on around, around me and it's it's just crazy and I feel the inspiration to. Just come on the show and talk and give my thoughts. And I don't know if you remember. So I want to talk about Serena Williams today. I don't know if you remember. It was maybe like 10 months ago, that whole tobacco where she um, threw a racket. She had points taken away and she lost the match. And I even forget who she lost to. It was was an Asian or Filipino um, tennis player. I'm sure I'll remember the name at some point. So, you know, she ended up... Basically saying all this, all this shit happened because she's a woman and she's African American and the same shit happens with men and she's only being called out because she's a woman and she goes on all these news stations just saying how victimized she feels and because she's a woman and, and she's a mother and she's trying to stand up for herself and for women's rights. And it just went on and on and on. And I wanted to post something. I wanted to post a podcast, I think, sometime about it, but I was, I was scared. I was nervous that people would think that I'm a male chauvinist pig or that I'm a racist because she's African American and I'm taking a stand against what she's doing. But an article came out today in Harper's Bazaar and I love it. It's 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 like it, they call it this first person essay. Um and, and on top of her words, there she's posing um what's the word? unretouched. Like there's there's Bravery nowadays in our culture for a woman to pose in a magazine like Harper 's Bazaar without being retouched and first there's a whole there's a whole gamut of issues that I have with that, and a lot of it has to do with our culture and Instagram and everybody's posing all the time on uh, these social media platforms with a filter, so we 're supposed to sort of respect a woman now or a man for posing in a magazine without being retouched and like that's supposed to be applauded. Um, so I go to the I want to read some of the article to you or, or her essay. Fast forward into September 2018, it's the final of the US Open and I'm competing to win my twenty fourth Grand Slam. It's the beginning of the second set and the Umpire thinks he spots my coach signaling me from the stands. He issues a violation, a warning I approach him and emphatically state the truth that I wasn't looking at my coach. Well, first of all, here's a really important issue. The issue isn't whether she was looking at her coach. Her coach was giving her signals. So the coach represents her on the court. He can't penalize the coach by taking a point away from him because he's not playing. But because he is her coach... And he even admitted after the game that he was, in fact, giving her signals. So the umpire had to deduct her a point. That was the rule. And maybe she wasn't looking at him at the time, but he was still doing it. So I just wanted to get that point across. (laughs) Sorry to digress. So he issues a violation A warning. I approach him and emphatically state the truth that I wasn't looking at my coach. I don't cheat to win. I'd rather lose, I said. I walk back to the court and lose the next point. I smash my racket in frustration. He issues another violation and gives a point to my opponent. Which is all under the rules, which was always done to John McEnroe. You can't, slap, you can't slam your racket down. Jimmy Connors had happened to him all the time. These are two men that always emphatically smashed the racket on the court, especially out of disgust or if a point didn't go their way. And they were notoriously deducted points all the time. Or rather, they were, they were issued warnings just like Serena was. The reason why she was deducted a point was because that was her second warning. The first one was the guy the referee saw her coach cheating and the second warning was because she slammed a racket down which automatically causes a deduction of a point. I feel passionately compelled to stand up for myself. I call him a thief I again demand an apology. So now she's demanding an apology. I tell him he is penalizing me for being a woman. He responds by issuing a third violation and then takes a game away from me. So obviously he didn't take a game away from him, from her, just just out of thin air. She then calls him a thief. And at this point, he's probably had it. And he's probably had it with the fact that she now is demanding an apology for something that he never did wrong. He's merely playing by the rules, which she isn't doing. And then I want to continue. Um, in the end, my opponent simply played better than me that day and ended up winning her first Grand Slam title. I cannot have been happier for her. As for me, of course, it's all about her. I felt defeated and disrespected by a sport that I love, one that I dedicated my life to, and that my family truly changed, not because we were welcomed, but because we wouldn't stop winning. After the Open, I returned home to Florida. Every night as I would try to go to sleep, unresolved questions ran through my mind in a never-ending loop. How can you take a game away from me in the final of a Grand Slam? Really, how can you take a game away from anyone at any stage of any tournament? But again i 'm sorry to digress, but that statement right there is what 's wrong with our culture. Nobody can take responsibility for their own actions. you know people can 't do anything wrong anymore it's it's just whatever it's it 's my life i 'm going to do whatever I want. People cannot take responsibility for their actions anymore so um I turn over exhausted from lack of sleep, thoughts still spinning in my head. Why can't I express my frustrations like everybody else? If I were a man, would I be in this situation? What makes me so different? Is it because I'm a woman? I, sh- I stop myself to avoid getting, getting worked up. I tell myself, you've been through so much, you've endured so much Time will allow me to heal, and soon this will be just another memory that made me the strong woman, athlete, and mother that I am today. And... Days passed. I still couldn't find peace. I started seeing a therapist. I was searching for answers. And although I felt like I was making progress, I still wasn't ready to pick up a racket. Finally, I realized that there was only one way for me to move forward. It was time for me to apologize to the person who deserved it the most. So she's, um, Na- so Naomi is the, um, uh, woman, the, t- the, the, <laughs> the player that ultimately ended up winning that match. Hi Naomi, it's Serena Williams. As I said on the court, I'm so proud of you and I'm truly sorry. I mean, I just I just want to stop right now. Her behavior in lumping it into she's taking advantage of our culture. She's making it a, a woman issue. But this, what's going on with Serena, this isn't a woman issue, and she's being so manipulative so manipulative, and she is taking advantage of of our culture and the problems that are in the culture by lumping her situation in it. And she's making it like she's a victim. And the reality is, even though she wasn't looking at her coach, which is fair, her coach was still cheating and her coach admitted to be cheating after the match. And still almost a two, almost a year to what happened. She's now writing an article about how victimized she was, how difficult it was for her. And the reality is, is that She couldn't apologize. She couldn't take responsibility for her actions. She couldn't admit that she was wrong. And nobody can do that anymore. Nobody can admit that they were wrong. Those are my thoughts. So there you go. Those are my thoughts about the whole Serena thing. But, you know, it goes deeper than that. I thought about deleting the podcast and sort of re-recording it, because I know I get a little emotional, and and maybe I come across as being judgmental. But I do think, obviously, it's complicated. And I clearly am not in Serena Williams' shoes at all. She's an incredible athlete. I am positive or close to positive, that she has dealt with issues in the past where she's been mistreated terribly because she is a woman, or she's been treated unfairly, or there's been inequality because she's a woman, or she's African American, and she did grow up, I'm sure, or she had to go, you know, tennis and golf are primarily played by white by white people and or Caucasians, and it's been it it's been like that for years. And I'm sure she's had to deal with racism. I'm sure she's dealt with women inequality for many years, especially growing up in that country club culture that's primarily filled with Caucasian men and women. And I'm sure they're probably I'm sure she's been tired I'm sure she's sick of it. And I guarantee that whole thing that happened on the court with the umpire, I'm positive, again, or at least I'm pretty sure, that she felt very similar emotions to things that have probably happened to her in the past, where she felt like she was getting the short end of the stick and she's worked she's busted her ass probably more than most people to get where she is today. And it freaking sucks that she was going through all of that. I guess I feel like a few things. First of all, our country is—we're. I think we're really pretty forgiving. I think people. I I do think people make mistakes, um, as long as they're not terrible. And I think we're pretty. For, I think we forgive people pretty well. I think forgiving someone for a mistake. I think our culture does it pretty well. Um, it's not. It's one of those things where. I think you can make a mistake and people will get over it. I I think, though, our culture now, though, this sort of, if somebody does make a mistake, everybody can go to Twitter and sort of announce it or poke fun at them. It sort of freaks people out, which I, I understand, uh, the call out culture. It's almost, I read somewhere in in a magazine this past week where it's almost like people are waiting for something bad to happen so that, that everybody can just jump on board and call them out. So I can see why that can sort of paralyze somebody, especially a professional athlete or somebody that's in the public eye. I get the sense that people are terrified, uh, of making a mistake. And I get it. I think this actually connects to my podcast in this weird sort of way. Um, I get the sense that people are scared to come on my show and talk um, for different reasons. People either just like ghost me or they stop responding to my requests or they keep saying, yeah, I want to, but they're busy. And then I ask again and they just, they, they don't even respond to me anymore. I think this idea of, you know, it seems really easy to come onto a, to go on. It's It's easy to go on Instagram if you think about it and just like post photos all day of how great you look. Uh, Or post food pics. I mean, that stuff is really pretty easy compared to having a conversation and like giving your opinion about the world. So I I just I think there's a lot of fear going on in our culture, Um, and I think athletes, um, people in the public eye, are scared to do the wrong thing. But I do think. If it's handled well and it's handled with grace and respect, and you apologize, I, I think people forgive you. And believe me, people love Serena Williams. People look at look at what Tiger Woods did. Was in the public eye, made so many mistakes, so much infidelity, was addicted to drugs and painkillers, and I think he got arrested at some point because I think I remember. Um, a mugshot of him in jail and i'm thinking he couldn't talk about a guy that was loved and then people really were disgusted by him just based on the things that he, was, he had been through personally and then he wins the masters this last year and people love him again and it's it really felt like a redemption story It was pretty beautiful. Uh, at least I thought it was. I mean, you know, like how long is one going to hold on to something and not forgive the other person? I mean, I realize it's a personal choice for everybody and every case is different. But, you know, I just feel like if Serena would have handled herself differently and just apologized or, you know, caught her, caught, gathered herself. And really pointed the finger at her coach for 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 sending her signals. This whole thing probably wouldn't have ever happened. Um, but it's it's complicated. But I just I I was just struck by how it felt like a PR move in the in the magazine. Like she's trying to save face and and which I understand, but she's apologizing to Naomi and taking the spotlight around from her. I felt like she should have just been apologizing for her actions, but instead she turned it into a women's issue. Um, And I didn't feel like that's what was going on. I did some research on the empire of her match, and this umpire apparently had a history of being very particular, sticking by the rules, with a lot of tennis players, not just women but men and i and I think you know referees you know referees do have a history a lot of um, if you watch the NBA like I do or watch NFL there are particular referees that sort of have a history of being a particular way um, again it 's a very emotional sport, especially when you 're on the court and you 're playing and And sometimes the emotions get the best of you. But I I think what really sort of turned me off was how she spun it in a way where she's the victim. And then she's posing in this magazine, unretouched. And I guess that's my final point of the podcast. I just, for whatever reason, I think because we've become so superficially based and so visually based, I felt a little sad, like, gosh, uh, for a woman to pose in a magazine unretouched is an act of bravery. And I think, I, I get it. I guess it, it happens pretty regularly where a celebrity will come out and say, uh, oh, yeah, I'm posing in Shape magazine or in this magazine. And I'm not going to be touched up and I'm not going to wear makeup. And and I, I guess on the one hand that can be applauded. But, I mean, have we become a culture now where, we are so visually based, and we just use filters on everything now that if a woman uh, poses in a magazine, we're supposed to look up to that as an act of bravery and i th- I think to myself, all the women out there who don't wear makeup, who um, like to go natural all the time, they're probably thinking, "Why is that an act of bravery um, and yeah, and I, I and I think a lot of people think that instagram showing your ass or showing your body on Instagram and your abs is an act of bravery. And I just I don't know. I, I don't think it's an act of bravery. I don't think it shows confidence or strength. To me it it oozes somebody's trying to get attention. Um and and, and and to sort of bring it full circle back to my podcast, I think getting up in front of a crowd and talking and and being a stand-up comedian or being an actor or speaking your mind or standing up for yourself or not conforming or doing what everybody else is doing. I mean, those things are acts of bravery. I mean, obviously they don't compare to, you know, a a, a soldier going to war. I mean, I realize talking in my podcast pills in comparison to being an American soldier going to war, defending his his or her country. But, you know, we're getting so caught up in visual and and Instagram that I think – you know, being brave is is doing something new, coming on my show and talking or taking a chance or going to a class and learning a new language or quitting your job and pursuing your dream. I mean, those are things that are all brave. And and just this idea of posing in a magazine without makeup is, is considered brave. I, I just, I don't know. I, I think we need to sort of reevaluate what we think of as being a brave act. I don't know. I just I just think putting yourself out there should be really applauded. And I think there is something to be said about just a heartfelt apology. It doesn't have to be a huge issue, it doesn't have to be symbolic for a broader issue of the world going around, but you know, if you cut somebody off, um, apologize. Just I just I think people are scared to apologize and um it doesn't mean you're less of a A person. I think also there's this competition. Instagram is creating more competition. Social media, phones, it's creating more innate competition inside of us. Like, we have to be right, or we have to be best, or we need more followers, we need more likes. There's all this linear competition going on, and it's overrated. (laughs) It's totally overrated. Episode 50 of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral is in the books. I'm super excited you guys have been a part of this process, part of the ride. Um, As always, thank you so much for listening to the show. Go on and write a review. Please share it. And uh, expect the episode, the interview with Troy Akers to be hitting all the podcast sites out there pretty soon. Thank you so much and uh, really appreciate the support.